Well, I was dr- I was dreading the Christopher Nolan films. <laughs> Not because I think they're bad. Just because they're overrated. <laughs> you know, I just, I will take that as a bit of a compliment because that's fair. You know, that's not, uh, that's a, I'll take it for what it is. Thank you. Right. Like, I, again, like, you know, it's like someone says, it's like someone says, oh, you got to go to, 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 um, App- why can't Applebee's. I think of a Mexican name right now? Applebee's. Applebee's is not a Mexican restaurant, sir. No, but I was, a... was going to go the ta- the taco route. Oh, okay. But sure, uh, Applebee's. Sure. And someone's like, well, Applebee's has got the greatest... Does Applebee's have burgers? I've never been to an I've Applebee's. I've never been. I think they have french fries. Why, why would you choose? <laughs> why have you chosen an example that you know dick about? What... I, think, I think it's because it's referenced a lot in like jokes... But I think mostly it's by Americans, so they're more Kelsey's. familiar with it. Let's go with Kelsey's. Yeah, Kelsey's. You've been yeah. to a Kelsey's? Oh, have I ever? Do they have Kelsey's in the States, or is that a Canadian thing? I'm going to hazard a guess that it's Canadian, but I'm not sure. Hmm. If you're from the States, let us know. Is there... <laughs> comment, comment, wherever. Email us. Like, let us know Email that us. they're from the States, or let us know about Kelsey's? Both. Be like, hey, I'm from the States. And then in a follow-up email. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, just be like, and by the way, we also have Kelsey's. <laughs> um, or don't, or do not. <laughs> Welcome. Yes. Uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like it's like so it's like someone at Kelsey's being like, "Hey, you know, go to Kelsey's. Kelsey's got the greatest burgers of all time." And you show up and you're like, "Ah, it's I mean, it's not gross. It's not a bad burger. This was a great burger." But to tell me this is the greatest burger of all time. I don't know. <laughs> it's just it leads it leads Here oh, here's the problem with the Dark Knight trilogy. Sure. As it is affectionately referred to as yeah it's not bad sure but it's not as good as people say it is which means if you're Mm. sitting down to watch the dark knight trilogy you are doomed to be disappointed Hmm. not because it's a bad film but because someone has told you that it's something it isn't and and that's that's you know that's it's 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 movie cancer when someone is like hey oh my gosh like you know it's the like the greatest like i went and saw avatar eh? and it was like so good that i my face melted off and i had i left the theater and i proposed to my girlfriend who i'd only been dating for like a month but avatar man and i just had to like and then you sit down and you watch avatar and you're like oh it's a film like yeah. uh, it you made know, money. I don't understand. You know, if if you sit down and you watch it, it's the year like 2012. Is that when Avatar came out? I think 09 or 010. 09 or 010. And you sit down and you're like, ah, you know, it's good. <laughs> but if they make a sequel, I sure hope it doesn't take 13 years because <laughs> that wouldn't make any sense. But uh, yeah, hello and welcome to, mm. <laughs> uh, to this, uh, to our show. 
you know, I I'm I am a dark knight individual. I'm a dark individual. I I don't want to say I'm a dark knight trilogy fan, I guess, but I liked most of what this trilogy has to offer. I would even say I'm an apologist, but I think I have a lot of the Wait, same and tone. As you should apologize. <laughs> I think I have a lot of the same tone, at least for this specific film, that you might. And so I think this f- podcast episode will be more in line with, say, Cats, where we ripped a film apart, than it was Batman Begins episode or Dark Knight episode. I mean... I'm not... I Okay, don't get me wrong. I'm not about to defend this film. I certainly hope not. Um, But I wouldn't say I'm going into this episode guns blazing. I wouldn't say I'm going sure. into this episode yep. um, with a hate. Okay. I would say I'm more going yep. into it because, you know, yep. I wouldn't say I'm going into it positively and I wouldn't say I'm going into it negatively. Sure. I would say I'm going into it inquisitively. Yes. So, my like it it is it is pretty unanimously referred to as the weakest of the series. Yes, the Spider-Man three, if you will. Yeah, and my question is, and and, and I'm not arguing that I'm not saying yeah. this isn't the worst one. Sure, but I really want to unpack an answer and figure out um, for everybody. But also for myself, why? Why hmm. is this one so bad? What, hmm. what, what about this one? What decisions? Because there are some really cool things about this movie. Uh, there are some great moments, some wonderful lines, uh, some cool action. But there's also, but but it is it is not. It's not great. No. And like, and I just, and I just wonder why. And so that's something I'm looking forward to unpacking. But uh, do you have, do you have some trivia for me, sir? I do. And you know, I've, I think I'll just, the one thing I'll add to what you said, I think you're right. Joking aside, I am not coming in guns a blazing horseback on, you know, riding into town, shooting my gun in the air. I, I also am open to answering this great question of why for certain things and um i i think i if i had to describe it i'm more of a disappointment at uh missed opportunity versus saying wow this is awful it's more like hmm a lot of these things are okay and as a whole they don't add up to what i wanted it to be and what i think it could have been but um sure yeah I do have trivia. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll ask it. I'll ask it after just saying a couple little tidbits. So, um, following the success of Dark Knight, uh, apparently the studio executives wished for Riddler to be included into this third film as the primary villain, um, and they were encouraging, say, a casting of either Leonardo DiCaprio or something of that caliber, to which I, you know, I'm a Leo fan, let's just paint it, and I raised an eyebrow at that, but um, but Christian, or uh, 
Christopher Nolan thought it was too similar to the Joker. Um, I I thought this was interesting. I I'm tipping my hat to the what I watched section, but I just watched a Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio film about Howard Hughes, and apparently some aspects of Bruce Wayne in this film were kind of, um, I guess material that Nolan had shelved as a used biopic. He kind of in, endorsed and incorporated into his portrayal of Christian or uh, Christian Bale portraying Batman and Bruce Wayne and being becoming a bit of a recluse and kind of walk around in his, uh, you know, mansion and rumors of him peeing into mason jars and whatnot. So I thought that was coincidental. Um, and the only other thing, I, I guess a lot of this um, or aspects of this were... Um, different things that Christopher Nolan found interesting about uh, Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities, which I have not read, but I'm, I've heard of, um, which centers around the French Revolution, which there are some times where the, I, things happen in this movie that gives a very French Revolution feel, even when Anne Hathaway is talking about like power shifts and the rich should batten down the hatches and there's going to be uh, an upheaval. But I guess there were some dialogues, like even um, the opening dialogue with Inspector Gordon, like there were certain things um, that were almost line for line replications of asp- like components or sequences in that book. So I guess he uh, was, his, uh, Nolan that is, was inspired a bit by that book and utilized it in uh, some aspects of this film. But my question to you, my question to you is a simple one. You you might be familiar with it. The listener might not be. Or you might both be, or neither of you, or insert some combination. But I want you to tell me of this Dark Knight trilogy, now that we've reached the final film, how many of these films of the three, if any, or maybe all of them, how many of them cut the one billion earnings mark? Well, I would have to say, if I was thinking about it from... Sorry, I can't do that for the whole episode. <laughs> um, uh, the one billion. Yeah, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of change. I mean, I think... Th- I don't think Batman Begins did, because it was following up uh Batman and Robin. Mm. And just nobody knew. Nobody knew, you know, everyone was like, "Ah, eh, another Batman film." <laughs> right. You know. I don't even like my own nipples. Why would <laughs> I go see <laughs> I was about to make a comment and I'm like, "Ah, I'll just lay off and there it is." <laughs> Why would I go see yeah. someone else's nipples? Um I <sighs> I think I'm I think my answer is going to be Are we talking worldwide or domestic? Uh worldwide. Worldwide. Okay. Well, so I'm going to show my hand a little bit. Sure. Yep. Because I've done my research and I have some notes here and okay. I'm going to talk I'm going to talk money and Ooh. and and ratings and stuff as sure. my as my new you know let's talk yeah. shop segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that this film did one point one billion. Okay, okay. And I think that that's directly because because uh, it followed up the Dark Knight, right? It was like it yeah. was is it didn't 
it it didn't do 1.1 billion as the dark knight rises it did 1.1 billion as the follow-up to the dark knight yep the dark knight it's I think people enjoyed Batman Begins. I don't think people enjoyed Batman Begins enough to to propel The Dark Knight into a billion-dollar film. Hmm. However, harking back to what we talked about last... When we, when we did The Dark Knight, mm. mm-hmm. I do think... I do think the death of Heath Ledger... Hmm. And word of mouth, and you know, so maybe it started out. It started out okay, but then probably the box office probably really started to ramp up on the Dark Knight. Hmm. So I'm gonna say two. I know for sure this one. The answer for sure is at least one. Sure. I don't think Batman Begins did. I'm gonna okay. hazard that maybe I'm like completely on the. The the center of balance. I could tip either way. Sure. For the Dark Knight, I'm going to tip towards yes. I think it did. Okay. Um, but it's also entirely possible that it fell short of that, and that mm-hmm. it was more. It was more popular post theatrical, like mm. uh, 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 that. Its legacy is bigger than its theatrical run was. Right. So I'm going to say two. Two. I might be wrong. Okay. That is correct, too. Um, yes. Batman Begins, yeah, like you said, it started off soft in the 37, th- or 300, sorry, 373 million range. So, you know, quite oh, short wow. of the billion mark. Dark Knight just barely inched over it with 1.005 billion. And like you said, I think we talked about this during dark knight as well that is just so significant just because that wasn't in the mcu era where comic book movies were kind of just a big deal like yes it was writing the tales of batman begins but in that era you know it wasn't a sure thing as well but um also like you alluded to dark knight rises was definitely riding on the tailcoats of uh dark knight so it quite clearly made the billion mark what an interesting aspect of this industry where a film like Dark Knight will propel an inferior film. Hmm. Hmm. The quality of Dark Knight will propel an inferior film like The Dark Knight Rises to actually outperform the better film. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. Fair. No, it's 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 uh, it's funny for sure. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, sir. That was great trivia. Thank you. Um yeah. Now, can you take care of some shop? Okay. Do you want to talk numbers first or do you want to talk numbers? <laughs> you want to talk dollars and cents or you want to talk percentages let's i'm actually fine with either i i'm i'm interested intrigued in both all right so dollars and cents this had a 230 million dollar budget okay um no doubt which is a si- really sizable 
budget. It's definitely a sizable budget for 2012. Sure. Uh, which is when this came out, right? It It is, yes. Yeah. So it's a, it, it's a really good size budget for then, because um, that's the same year, I believe that's the same year as the first Avengers film. So the, I, I, you know, at this point, the MCU is out and about, out and about. Um, out and about. But it's not, it's not, we're not in endgame territory. No. Um, you know, I think, we're not in Captain America Civil War I think 12 territory. was the year that the first Avengers film came out, just for context yeah. of where they yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I said that, but. Yeah, anyways. yeah, yeah. I'm just um Yeah. So it's a, it's a sizable budget, and no doubt that has a shit ton to do with the success of The Dark Knight. For sure. Right? The Dark Knight blew up. It was huge. It was, it, it's it's one of those films that transcends just being a film. It was I everything. I was just going to say. It was a lunchbox. Yeah. It was a, it was a toothbrush. It was a way of life for a lot of people. Um, and so, yeah. And so, I, you know, I, I think everyone was just like, okay, well, I don't know. Mr. Nolan, how much do you want? Like, I... <laughs> Here's this blank check. Here's yeah, you know, write whatever you want on here. So domestically, it did two hundred and forty-eight million dollars. No, yep. four hundred and forty-eight million. Mm. Four hundred and forty-eight million dollars mm. uh, worldwide overall. Like we said, one point one billion dollars. Which let me do a little bit of quick math here. Times two point five. Um. Subtract, um, uh, carry the two, carry, carry the two, and then, um, uh, uh, <laughs> struggling here. Uh, so it made about $525 million in, like, once, once we're yep. done paying everyone, the movie's yep. made, we've yep. distributed it, yep. we've marketed it, we've, we've paid to put, Killian Murphy on a plane and send him to <laughs> to Australia to do press. In which case, the person in Australia is like, "Are you in? The, are you even in this film? <laughs> which Aren't you the villain in the first one? Why are you here? Which this is a side note. I love how he does. Just he he is the most continuity other yeah. than Batman in these films. Like it. I, yeah, it's we love Alfred, the actor, but we got Jonathan Crane. Is is you know. <laughs> And he becomes more and more, he, you know, he, he's like, arguably Jonathan Crane in the first one, he's established, he's a psychiatrist, he's a doctor, yep. he's got some good stuff going on. Yeah. And the second one, Jonathan Crane, he's he is as meth addict <laughs> oh, as, yeah. as it gets. He is like, you know, just a little <laughs> little cracked out on his own shit. Yeah. And um, he's like, I told you my product would take you places. Right. I never said they'd be places you wanted to go. Um, <laughs> And in this one, he's like, he's still like a, a cracked out meth head. Oh yeah, but but that it, but it's the wild wild west. And if you're a meth head, it's it's your it's your world at this point. Um, so, anyways, uh, yeah, five hundred and twenty five million dollars of walking around change of gravy of profit. Uh, that's a lot of money. It's a lot it's a of money. It's it definitely made the studio happy. Um, let's talk critic and audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Interesting. Critic score. 
Okay. Do you know? Do you know these numbers going no, into this? No, am I, I about I'm to actually, tell you stuff? You're... That's why I'm intrigued by this because I don't know them, and I'm assuming that they won't be as flattering as how much this film earned. But we'll see. Maybe they are. Uh, venture a guess on critic score. Because <sighs> critic, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but like the general takeaway that I normally have yeah. is the audience score. I mean, there's two ways to look at it. Critics, yeah. sometimes you're like, ah, you know, you'll never trust the critic score because, yeah. like, it's, I don't know, the number's weird and the audience score is more like, like, what do people think about it? Yeah. But when you get into something like The Dark Knight Rises or you get into any comic book or, or geeky, mm. nerdy stuff, you're also viewing a number that reflects a bunch of whiny fanboys. <laughs> and so it's tricky. Um, I, I would hazard okay so i think it i think the critic will be 75 and the audience will be 85 i think they're gonna do well and the audience right. is a bit higher would would be do my you guess. get what i'm saying though oh, like yeah. when, when oh, it comes yeah. to comic book stuff or anything that has like source material yes. people are voting Harsh. people are are ranking a film emotionally yes yep not logically yep Yep. Like with Titanic, someone watches Titanic and and for the most part, unless they're like, man, I hate romance. I hate I hate when someone falls in love with someone else. It's so stupid. <laughs> Which, if you're, if you're some guy, because I guarantee you that some dude in his 20s or teenage, you know, he's like, oh, I don't like romance. That's two, that, that is a combination of two things. That is a gentleman who he himself has not found romance mm. or didn't watch the film long enough to see that there was nudity in it. And that <laughs> if you're a 16 year old boy, there's actually something about that film that appeals to all ages. Um, and so, but yeah, so it, it's, it's, you, get, you have to take, you have to take the audience rating with a grain of salt Sure. for this type of film. So critic score. Yeah. 87. Oh, Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. so what did you say? You thought the critic score was going to be higher than the audience score? I, I thought critics would be harder on it. Audience would be better scoring. So Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you're correct, but not oh. by much. So the audience score is 90%. Oh, okay. 90%. So they like the Which kind of makes some... me wonder what film they watched because... <laughs> yeah. You know... It's I mean, just not, you know. I, yeah. To to each their own. I just do remember at the time, I walked out with a bitter taste in my mouth, and so did my friend who I saw it with. But there there would be the occasional friend who was like, "Man, that so good. I'm I'm buying the Blu-ray, DVD, and the VHS." Oh, when it uh, comes sure. Out. And sure. which is fine, which is okay. And obviously, because you have you have two you have two flavors of Batman fan. Sure. Yep. You have. Oh, Batman's so good. I don't care if it's like I don't care if it's like Batman and he's and he's fighting a bunch of rogue monkeys. It's Batman <laughs> and I love it and it's it's so awesome. Right. Or you have Man, I love Batman so much and it's just I love him so much that no one can ever make a film that I'm going to enjoy. Mm. Which is the most like stupid toxic kind of fan because you're like, "Man, I really I really love this property. I love this property." so much <laughs> that no one can do it justice and you're like okay well then your life sucks <laughs> it's like 
your favorite, you know, you absolutely love Batman, but you're doomed to hate every Batman film. You're just like sitting there pouring over comics from the 60s going, oh, this is so good. It's so good. Like, Ma, they don't what? make it like they used to. Yeah, what a sad existence. Um, but yeah, so cool. Uh, and, uh, either way, it did good. Yes, um, yep. I... You know, I, I this is maybe only the second or third time. This is this is okay. This is maybe the first time since the theater. Oh, that I watched it all the way through. I oh, watched bits okay. and pieces, right? Yep. Um, yep. But to actually like sit down and be like, oh, okay, all right, start to finish. Let's do this. Yep. Um. I have a couple questions. Please. Again, I said, you know what? I'm I'm going to try not to critique things. I'm taking an inquisitive approach and yes. I'm hoping that my questions um will do all the critiquing themselves. Yes. What is wrong with his legs? Is it just does he just have atrophy or was there some horrific off-screen accident that that I missed? It's rickets. Is it? Like what the hell is No. Um I I did wonder that too. I think the th- the textbook answer is that is the scarring like that is a uh, injury the, the the injury he sustained in the Harvey Dent um confrontation where he fell like three stories down scaffolding okay yeah i mean he ran away from that at the end of the film we see him sprinting at a good pace uh if you if you watch it closely he's hobbling is he okay yeah yeah but so okay so probably probably a combination an injury that he never bothered to heal because he's definitely worse in this than he is at the end of the dark knight that is true like at the end of this, he's got a cane, and the dude can barely walk. He's like <laughs> tiny timming himself up to Anne Hathaway. I think I think it's probably yeah, like a combination. The injury, probably all like the wear and tear he had overall. That he's you know eight or whatever years older, so that didn't improve things. And he's yeah, it's just, eight years. It's a long time. It is a long time. And also just the sitting around all day, like he's not really doing a lot. So maybe he is a little bit stiff. Sure. Uh, okay, so uh, that answers that question. So it's sure. a combination of the two. It's an injury yeah. and it's atrophy. Yes. It's, it's an atrophied injury. Yeah. Um, question number two. Please. Which, I, you know, this isn't the order I was going to ask them in, but actually this is kind of appropriate. It came up. Good. Why eight years? I don't know. Like, you know, okay, it's yeah. been a while. It's been 18 months. It's yeah. been what like is if if the only purpose for eight years, the only consequence that I can see of the fact that it's been sure. eight years is that you go, oh wow, he really is effed up. <laughs> he he is really he's just that pathetic. But I think I would have walked away with the same like I walk away eight years going, oh, okay, well. I no longer feel like I understand what's... Uh, like, I, I no mm. longer feel like I'm in the know. I feel like an outsider, and th- then there's context, all kinds of context for this city that I'm missing. Right. Whereas if they if they had said 18 months, two mm. years, 
I would have gone, oh, wow, yeah. Like, hmm. no one has seen him in two years? Holy cow. <laughs> but eight years, you're like, I don't know, and they didn't have a funeral for him? Like, what's... <laughs> Tom Hanks was gone four years, and they buried a bunch of Elvis CDs for him. Like, I, you know, it's something I never considered. Eight is specifically random, and I also do get what you're saying. It maybe is, maybe not as believable. Like maybe a year or two years is like okay, yeah, and um, it's not something I gave too much thought. But that's yeah, eight is yeah oddly specific and random. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I mean, we're we're zero for two. I think. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, kind of. I guess you answered the... I did uh, answer the first one, yeah. Um, <laughs> so my next question. Please. In a world... Okay. Uh, I sound like the movie the movie trailer. In a world. <laughs> um, in a world where you are giving me a Batman film. Okay. And your whole motive... And I talked about this since Batman Begins. I, there was foreshadowing when I talked about how there was a little bit of inconsistency with these films and that potentially this third film was the biggest offender of this. In a, in a film franchise, Batman film franchise, where your tagline, if you are going to have a tagline, is Batman, the most realistic we've seen him yet. <laughs> what the hell is the bat? Like... You know, in in the Dark Knight, we see in in Batman Begins, we have the tumbler. Yes, and you're like, okay, I I don't think that's a military vehicle that actually exists. But, sure. You know, aside from like the whole like you know moving into weapons mode where he's like down, and you're like, okay, yeah, 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 this could happen. Sure. <laughs> okay. I'm sure they could, you know, I don't think they would. I don't, you know, really think the practicality of this thing. And maybe that's the whole point is it's sitting in like, you know, the science division of, of uh, Wayne Enterprises. Hmm. Um, And so it wasn't actually practical, but it works out for, you know, billionaire splunkers. (laughs) Um, And then you have the bat pod in the next one, which is like, okay, like, that's a that's you should be winning the Nobel Prize for this shit because that is advanced. <laughs> that is holy moly. Yeah, that is impressive. And then the bat comes along in this one. This like hovering. And don't get me wrong. I have the Hot Wheels figure in mint in the package for all three of these vehicles. Oh wow, I do. Okay. But, but what the hell is this thing? It's, it's, it's so ridiculous. The fact that he's able to like get it down into that alley without anyone noticing. Oh, yeah. And then, is there not a more effective, efficient (laughs) design than to have like three or four giant, fan blades mm. that propel this thing through the city like what the hell is that <laughs> I, I just you know that that and a combination of like the fact that the military it's several months into this this bane's coup they don't just nuke the damn island they don't just like 
I don't know, accept a couple casualties and storm <laughs> the island anyways. Right. Like, the fact that Bane's been able to keep control as long as he keeps, that's stupid in and of itself. But Sure. Um, just his tech in this one. I'm like, again, it's cool. It is cool. Sure. It's a cool idea. Poor, weirdly executed. But, like, again, it just feels like a total abandonment of... We're going to do this, and we're going to do this very seriously. <laughs> so what gives, I guess, is my question. My my answer to you is I'm not esteemed about it, like as in that I've never given it much thought. I have given thought to it that I think it's the weakest. I agree. Um, and when you outline a, different, a few different paths of why you think it's kind of weak, you know, as far as, you know... Just different story elements where, you know, it appears or disappears or certain flaws of it. I, I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with you that, yeah, it's a little weak. Um, so I, I, this I don't have an answer for. But right. I, I guess I would say it's in line and we'll get to some of these things later on or just as they come up naturally. But I do feel that one flaw or problem I have with this film is, like you said hey we brand ourselves on the realism that we bring to batman in this trilogy with this one you know if they were pushing the limits in one and two where you go okay like that's not real but you know it's close enough to reality that for this story i can put up with it in this one they just kind of jumped over the line and did a tango on top of it and didn't care and sure did left it 20 feet behind them final question (laughs) please i like these and the most egregious offense in my perspective. Oh. Why the hell would you take a film and add a character like Selena Kyle, who is the first person that Bruce Wayne is willing to settle down and fall in love with after his beloved Rachel? And not bother spending any time actually giving any backstory (laughs) or really developing the character whatsoever. So that your audience is just left feeling, we don't really know who the hell she is. (laughs) But I guess because she's so damn hot, Bruce Wayne is willing to overlook the fact that she stole his mother's pearls... And now they're going to run off and live in a witness protection program together (laughs) on some foreign island. Yeah, why? Why bring in, A, such an iconic character like Selina Kyle? Sure. And B, then make her, because I mean, Selina Kyle's been a love interest of Batman through the years. Absolutely. That checks out. But but this Batman, are the Batman in the world that we are talking about is head over heels, is distraught. Like in this film, we see him find out that, you know, well, what if Rachel wasn't actually going to wait for you, sir? Like, <laughs> we find out, yeah. he finds out in this film like he's at the start of this film, and he's still like he's still heartbroken. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like he still he still makes the bed on her side. He still sprays it with her perfume. Like he's he, not. He in every facet of his life, he's stuck in a rut because of her absence. Absolutely, and he has not moved on whatsoever. Not even he's not even like got past the first step of denial yet. And yeah, this film takes place over. A period of time. Yep. But a lot of that, but this isn't like a period of time in which case they're like building a rapport with each other. He's like no. in a prison healing a broken back, which that, Ugh. I don't know what that bullshit is. <laughs> no kidding. But like, he's he's in a prison healing his broken back. It is, sure. You know, and so then all of a sudden he's just like, well, a man's got needs and he like moves <laughs> past... Rachel altogether. Yeah. You know, which obviously, like, I don't know. If at this point I'm thinking, like, I've seen how ripped Jake Gyllenhaal is at his, his, his strongest. So to just completely, like, ghost his sister, I'm thinking that's, that's maybe not a good idea. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, and then to just be like, you know, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run away. I'm gonna fake my death and uh, do a little hanky panky with Selena <laughs> Kyle because, uh, yeah, you know, because yeah. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Where are they? I'm Batman. I could get it out of the harbor. So it's oh this. God. This question was actually something that you skipped ahead to my notes. I did hone in on this. I've never been as aware of it in, until I watched it this time. And just that, yeah, that the thing that bothers me about the closing scene, we have no reason on screen why Wayne and Selena Kyle should be romantically involved at all. Like, you, you hit it on None. the head. They, it's not like even they've had this whole the whole film to build and, and develop the relationship They've got, they've stolen pearls from one another. They've interacted with one another. She betrayed him and led him to Bane. So like all the, the only thing that have, has been a foundation for the relationship has been like mistrust or misleading and pretty one-sided. And I, just nothing about it at the end screams, oh yeah, like definitely saw this coming. And it led me down this thought, and I, I might even say this. We saw more substantial character exposure and romantic moments in this Keaton series by far compared to this film. I'll say the Rachel stuff was on par. That's fine. But in this sure. film, Bruce and Selena in, in, in the Tim Burton film, far more developmental Not even as not far even as just that relationship that. goes. Like, there's that, but I can't remember their name, but there's, like, a lay woman as well who he's just, like, having dates with and Alfred, you know, is telling her about raising Bruce and, like, way more emotional groundwork for characters on a screen in those moments than any of this. In this movie, I'm I'm just saying it's, it's a modern-day film, so it's should have been more aware of what audiences want to see in character development but they said screw it let's have a few more explosions in here instead yeah yeah but there's a lot of really disappointing things about this film um you've answered you you have i've asked questions 
And you've done an, an exemplary job of answering them, I, should, <laughs> yeah. I might add. Yes, thank uh, you. And it's just kind of, yeah, it's kind of cemented. It has helped. It's, it's, it's helped me understand. I mean, there's still things I don't understand. Sure. Like, why is his, why does he have more throat cancer in this one <laughs> than he did? Like, uh, is he, the treatments aren't working? <laughs> like, no, what I'll because, say, I don't think it was bad from beginning to end, like uh, worse from beginning to end, but it definitely got to a head, like when he broke down the door and started yelling at Bane before he got stabbed by Bane's friend. Um, there was a time where I was like, okay, this is like an 11 out of 10 on the scale. Even myself, who doesn't mind the voice, was like, okay, let's just let's just let things cool a little bit here. I think I think the worst moment for his voice is when he's he's gearing up to fly the bomb out over oh, the water. Sure. And and Gary Oldman's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I could get it out over the harbor." And <laughs> you go. And then uh, and then Gary Oldman's like, "Wait, who are you?" And <laughs> just like such a stupid no one'll ever know who you are. <laughs> kind of moment it's yeah. like you know which is like the rachel moment all over again where it's like it's not who i am underneath and i'm like i don't know i'm thinking i'm thinking to myself how old would you say batman is in this how old is bruce 35 40 yeah i mean yeah i don't probably. know probably it's been eight years so like uh, 35 yeah. at least yes because that's assuming that he's like 27, 26 sure. yep. in the first one. Yep. Which maybe. Yeah, well, that, um, yeah, that lines up. Yeah. But I don't know. So, so okay. <laughs> so he's like, let's say he's 35 in this. Which means Jim Gordon has been a cop in one way or another for at least at least 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Right. At least yeah. 25 years. Yep. Because, because you know, he's around, he's he's the one that puts the code over Bruce's shoulders and lets yeah. him know that the world hasn't ended. I th- I th- so I'm okay with that. Are you not running a bit of a risk? Like, the first, when he yeah. reveals his identity to Rachel and he's like, he's not who I am. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, sure. sure. She's She has specifically said that line to you. Yeah. And so you saying it back is pretty cut and dry. That's who you are. <laughs> but this guy's been a cop his whole life. Right. Chances are he's put a coat over the shoulders of more than one <laughs> kid. Right. He's he's reassured. And and this was this was twenty five years ago. Yeah. What you're referencing to be True. like you know. I see. A hero is just about anyone or whatever stupid <laughs> bullshit he says. <laughs> anyone could be a hero. Uh, <laughs> That's not what he's you know, it's as simple as, as someone putting a coat over a young boy's shoulders <gasps> and letting him know that the world unended. And then he gets in his he gets in his uh. bullshit aircraft <laughs> and he and he goes to fly away and Gary Oldman's like Bruce Wayne. But I feel like more accurately, he should have been like, Bruce Wayne? Right? Right? Or is it, no. Is it Bruce Wayne? I don't know. It might have been Bruce Wayne. (laughs) Right. 
Right. That was 25 years ago. I don't yeah, you know, yeah. You know, other saying. kids have gone through stuff. I, I'm a yep. cop. I'm... Uh, uh, and then yeah. I won't even get started. You know what? Blake is a cool character. Absolutely. I have no issues with Blake whatsoever. Eh. But yeah, then you make okay. him Robin? He's okay. Yeah. And you pass, you, you're going to pass the cowl onto him. And it's sure. like, it's just such a shoe. It's such a fan service moment. Yep. Because it's like, you should use your real name more often. I really like it. <sighs> Robin. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, wait. First of all, ask the guy for his number. Don't be, don't be so coy. Second <laughs> of all, it's just, it doesn't, he didn't, I don't know. He's a sure he's a cop. Why are we passing? Why are we passing all the secrets to him? What what <laughs> combat training do we know that he has? Right. How how do we just because he supports the Batman? Yep. And he's he's made it as a cop in the city that probably has the lowest friggin' standards to make it onto <laughs> the police force. Yeah. Right. Being a cop in this city tells us nothing to <laughs> your serve and protect abilities. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't fully understand. Well, and arguably has just as much development as Selena Kyle and Bruce Wayne has. Very little. Had. Like very, very, very little on screen reason to say, yep. yeah, this is, yeah, this makes sense. Passing the movie's ending on. and he, he passes the cave and the cowl and everything over to Blake and, and instead of, you, you, you kind of go, oh. Oh, look, he's Robin. I see what they did there. Hey. Instead of walking away from it going, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's That feels right. That mm-hmm. feels good. You're like, ah, who is this guy? So this guy's going to be Batman now? Like, it's just, it's such an unnecessary, stupid moment. Yeah. And while we're on um, Robin, one of the things that I found, there were a, a handful, and they'll come up anecdotally throughout but where this film really dropped off on the realism, where it just took a lot of leaps, and I went, huh? Was one with um, Gordon... Oh, I always mispronounce it. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Where I I honestly watched this interaction between him and Bruce Wayne in Bruce's living room, and I go, "Yeah, how, how exactly do you know he's Bruce Wayne as Batman? Like, you have this bullcrap anecdotal tale of recognizing a specific facial gesture that Bruce gave and that he was hiding some pain and I, I and like I go what like go on like where how that's okay that's connecting dot a to b how did you get to z where you pieced all this stuff together that someone who's hiding pain who's a millionaire was batman like it just seemed such an unrealistic jump for me so for me that was just one point where i find okay this film was kind of dropped lost a definition of what realism is at least to me and then it continued Mm. also where just for the same matter bane just knew who batman was under the mask so right yeah even even before Selena Kyle knew. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like, and that being whatever, I don't really care. But more just with Robin, I'm like, how the heck are you, like, from a story writing perspective, are we passing this off? Because I'm, that makes no sense. I'm sorry. I think it was, honestly, I think it was weak writing. And I yes. think it was just, yes. we need him, 
we need something that's gonna yep. nudge Batman along. Yeah. It was just poor exposition and like oh, poor so bad. progression. It was it was convenient that he too knew. convenient. Yeah, it's almost like hey, I missed a scene. What? Sorry, I missed a scene. Did I? What happened? Because <clears throat> we've really skipped. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we haven't really talked about Bane at all. Yes, and I would like to keep it that way. So until next time, <laughs> we'll uh, rate and review us. No, yeah, continue. <laughs> Uh, Continue. Uh, I don't know. I'm just like, <laughs> I, literally, he's got some really cool lines. Like he his sure dialogue does. is cool. Yep. Uh, he's he's. I would say Bane is is a character that live action Batman films haven't gotten right yet. Okay. Um, he's a departure from. He is a departure from the comics. It, not near as much as the the mindless dummy idiot moronic oh. thing from Batman oh. and Robin. Oh, man. It was a, he was a zombie. He was a zombie. Monkey business. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Um I don't know. Oh, actually, wait, 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 hold on. Stuff. Just wait one second. I do have a sound effect from Bane in that movie. Just one second, okay? Oh, bring it. <laughs> You'll you you'll you'll hear it when you when you edit it. Yeah, I couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear it, but I'm I'm excited to hear it. I'll laugh <laughs> while I'm editing. Probably. Um, but you know, like there's just so I I don't know. I didn't send it to you. I rewatched it. I should send it to you. Kay. They they originally had Tom Hardy. In, so first of all, Tom Hardy is huge. Oh, in this film. Many like not just like muscular, like he is big chicken. Like his just he is huge. Yep, that's impressive. His acting, the acting that he's able to do, because you never see a lot of his face because he's always got the mask on. Um, the acting that he's able to do with just his eyes and the emotion that he's able to convey. Yep. Uh, hats off totally to Tom Hardy. Of course. Um, and they, so they did, they shot the movie and they did it and they showed it in front of a test audience and in it, it was all Tom Hardy talking in the suit. Like it was a very, it sounded a lot more like a guy in a mask. Mm. Um, and no one could understand at all what he was saying. Um, and so then they made the decision to dub him over to have him like Tom Hardy go into a booth and like pre-record all of his lines um, and I, he's still not always easy to understand. Oh, no. And so I, you know, I guess I'm wondering why someone would have someone record a thing and then do it in such a way that you still couldn't understand anything <laughs> being said. I, he's got some cool lines. He does, you know, like, sure. so the one I just spoofed there, right? Where yeah. at the beginning, his first line you know, and he's like, or perhaps he's wondering why someone would shoot a man before tossing him out of a plane. Like, it's a cool line. Sure. Uh, with the when the guy's like, you know, you're a big guy, and he's like, for you. Like that's that's that is such a that yeah. makes me laugh every time because it's such a great intimidating line. He's like, you know, you're a big guy, and he's like, well, for you. 
compared to you, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like it's it's equally acknowledging what the guy's saying and like pointing out the petiteness <laughs> of the guy he's up against. Um I will say I will agree there are some good lines and I will agree that yeah, a lot of the time or sometimes at least anyway, they're botched just from the mechanics of how we just can't understand him. I will say, and I think maybe we're getting onto a theme here. I think there's just sometimes some corny, lame writing that's utilized in this, where I think they're just really just mining a bit too hard just for the cool one-liners. Because there's some that, like you just illustrated, that land. But sometimes just, there were some that, specifically I'm talking when a henchman brings Gordon in, in a in the sewer and throws him on the ground and Bane's like shaving or something, whatever turn. He's not even looking and he's like, why are you here? And the henchman like kicks Gordon and he's like, answer him. And Bane's like, I'm talking to you. And it like, just kind of sometimes I'm like, okay, this is kind of getting a little like his one liners are kind of getting a little bit much on me. Like, let's just kind of progress, move on. Let's not try and lean into them too much here, but. That could just be yeah, me. I, I no, you're right. I mean, it's hit, it's hit and miss, right? But mm, I, I yep. do. I think he's got so many good moments that that kind of make up for it, sure. right? Like when he's like, "And when Gotham is in ashes, then you have my permission to die." Like, sure, that's a cool line. And then but I, you have but, my permission to die. And it's cool, but I actually find it cool when it's re- relayed back by uh, Christian Bale when he says you have my permission like he reverse roll the returns the tables and kind of repeats the line later oh absolutely on and i think absolutely, that's cool absolutely, i think that's absolutely. cool um i will say the motivation in this film though like the antagonistic motivation is like i don't know like the fact that at the end of the day i mean it isn't it isn't just kind of razal ghoul again like Yep. You know, so it's yep. Talia, it's his daughter, yeah. who's kind of seeking some revenge on daddy. And Bane, we completely and totally diminish any cool development that we've done with Bane. Because, you know, once again, even though he talks this time, he really is just a muscle. He's just a front man. That's oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. He's not, he's, he, this is, none of this is his mission. He just loves Talia. Um, who in the comics, by the way, I don't know. I, I don't know if I mentioned this or if I said I was going to save it for this one in the comics. Um, like there's, there has always been a little bit of a romance between Talia and Bruce as well. Okay. Um, so Talia ends up in the comics, the mother of Damian Wayne, Bruce's son. Um, so they do actually end up having a kid together at some point. Um, but that's, I mean, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, you know, Talia, it was a fun twist. Uh, it was exciting as a fan to see Talia pop up. Sure. Um, um, <laughs> uh, I sound like the, the guy from The Simpsons. Yeah. Please, sir, don't be on the urinal. Um, <laughs> you know the guy I mean? He, like, works yeah, at yeah. The, yeah. The, the movie theater and the gas station and everything else. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was cool to see her pop up, um, but... I don't know. Again, it's like she didn't she didn't have any it, we we spent a little bit of time developing Bane 
and then none of that development mattered. Mm-hmm. Half of that development wasn't even his development. It turns out it was Talia, yep. and they'd like duped us. Yeah, uh, which and then felt Talia a little just forced. Like, you just don't care. You just yep. don't know enough about her because yep. you know this is she's only actually the villain for like two minutes, five minutes. Yep. And then so you just you're you know you don't feel anything there. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is. A, it's a cool ending, kind of the symmetry of the you know that he like acts out. Although logistically, again, how the hell? How'd you how'd you time that? How long? How many Saturdays has Bruce and <laughs> Selena been coming and sitting at this friggin' bistro <laughs> just in case? <laughs> Just in case, yeah. just in case Alfred yeah. decides he's going to, he may never have done that. Alfred could yep. be dead. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> you know. uh, it's cool, but at the same time, it's like, so then, I don't know. So then you, how dare you just live your life? Like, so then what happens to Alfred? Like, you know, I w- I'd like to think that scene happened, the credits rolled, and then Bruce and Selena waved Alfred over and said, "Hey, come live with us." Yes, come be like, yeah, y- you know. But I, we, but but I don't think that's what they're suggesting. No, I think that Alfred was just lived out his days, happy knowing that Bruce was had made it, had and moved like, on. Well, yeah, but but what you know? But what of Alfred? Yeah, you know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the 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 waiter came over and said, "Actually, sir, your bill has been taken care of and here is a check for 12 million dollars." <laughs> yeah. From an anonymous yeah. admirer. <laughs> I will like, say this this was going to lead into um a, a note I had, but that to me the Alfred sequence is still a banger for me. The, you know, he does have the dream, wishing that Bruce ne- a never returned to Gotham, but then also just wishing that he would move move on currently, and just wanting greater life for Bruce and having him live outside of the sorrow that Gotham has brought him, and seeing him on the banks of Florence. And I agree when it when it comes full circle at the end, like I even with like the Hans Zimmer like drums rolling, watching it on my TV, I'm like yes. And then Alfred gives the nod. I'm like, yes, which, which I'm just saying I care about. They've given me enough, not a lot of screen time, but enough backstory that I actually care about that. So, you know, some of the other things that we've just discussed that are just kind of not very grounded as far as progression. That's why we don't care about them. Can Um, I point out something weird? Please. So obviously Bruce didn't tell anyone that he was going to fake his own death. Um, yeah, I guess that would defeat the, yeah. Right, he didn't tell Alfred. Everyone's standing there mourning around the, 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 the grave. Blubbering right. like a, yeah. So Bruce is a bit of a dick for that. A bit. Um, also, I don't know, he bailed, he bailed out when? Like, it's, that is some very misleading cinematography. Oh, yeah. Because we see a shot inside the cockpit literally two seconds before yeah. the game bomb goes off. Like, so way too short, like, enough of a, small enough of a window that it's like, okay, he's in the blast radius. If the yeah. explosion doesn't get him, the radiation will kill him in 10 minutes. Yeah, either way, I mean, he's got, you know, I'm surprised he has hair when he's sitting at the... <laughs> thing with selena kyle 
right? You'd think <laughs> that at this point, the radiation sickness is probably... But, okay, so here's the thing. Sure. So he didn't tell anyone that he was going to do this. Which means he didn't tell Alfred. Yep. Which means he also couldn't have told anyone, including Alfred, that he was passing on his position as the Batman to right. Blake. Yep. Which means at some point, a week later, there is a moment when Alfred... Heads down in a t-shirt and boxers to the back cave, <laughs> holding a baseball bat That's because true. he hears someone rummaging That's around true. in the middle of the night. Yeah. And what a horrible and you know I know I swear I swear he gave me I swear I'm supposed to be here I swear. Like that's yeah. I don't know prove no, it yeah. like. Uh, but and then I, I'll and counter then, argue because I, I I think you're spot on like I think yeah like come on like. Some connected dots needs to be be handed out here, just so that everyone's on the same page of what's happening. Bruce, like, come on! But I will say, yeah. we don't even know. I'm just pointing out the flaw in the film, not in your critique. I'm just saying we don't even know if Robin ever came back again. Like, he could have just been on that elevated platform, and everyone's assuming he's like, "Yes, I'm gonna take up this, and I'm gonna be the guardian. I'm the new knight of." Gotham, he could have equally been like, wow, yeah, I've never once said I wanted to do this. I've quit the police force because I've dreamt of being a coffee barista. Screw this. Well, and also, like, we don't who, know. Who, who is going to be his support? That's right. Like Alfred he, doesn't actually care about the Batman project. He cares about Bruce. Yeah. He does this because of Bruce. He doesn't give two shits about a non-Bruce Wayne Batman. <laughs> what's to say Luce, what what's to say Lucius Fox is going to help you? That's well that's the thing. To me it's not even about the support of of Alfred which it's a good point. He needs it. But you're like as soon as battery life on any piece of equipment goes down you are screwed cuz you don't have the tech connection yeah. that was fueling you throughout this whole series that I thought, okay, this is real. You need someone with actual technical skills, resources, and yeah. you don't have that as Robin. And you, you're a different height than Christian Bale. Very So the much. suit's not going to fit you. No. And well, yeah. E- no. E- even if the suit does fit you, uh, you better count yourself lucky that Lucius Fox added a posable head into the suit design. <laughs> right. Prior to, you know, because again, who the hell is going to help you, pretty boy? Yep. Everyone's going to be like, ah, no, no, no. I remember you from Third Rock. I'm, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so, buddy. Um, Do you have anything else to say? I do. It's kind of like a, um, I guess, an overall critique. I think just where this film loses my interest is two two things but they're kind of tied but i think you lose it for me where the stakes in the second film are so much higher not on a physical level but just morally where you had this moral battle for gotham and i think you need somewhat equal stakes to garner my attention again after what we've been through and for me nuclear destruction of gotham like i mean don't get me wrong in the in the real world that's horrible that's awful that's scary as anything but just in in the story narrative i'm like well if the bomb goes it goes and that's the end of the film 
And, you know, I guess maybe that has to do with my second critique or my second problem with it is what I think this series did well in one and two was, and I'd say its strength, was it's the story of this individual man that is Bruce Wayne. And then there's the different channels of his different relationships with other people and him trying to up, up, maintain the the memory of his father through the embodiment of Gotham. And just there's all these peripheral things. But at its core, it's this individual man and this individual story. And in this end chapter, it's just so diluted with trivial volume that I I ultimately don't care. Like, I, I just don't really care. The film focuses on things that I, I really just don't think it should focus on. So, like I said on before, there were just some things that, you know, moral battle for Gotham, we never reached that intensity. When this film kind of developed and there's the guilt over Harvey Dent cover-up, I thought it was overblown. I'm like, who cares? Like, honestly, who cares? Bane revealing it to the public and Robin kind of kind of making a big deal out of it i kind of went who cares like and i'm is the presumption is the assumption that gordon's family left him as a result of this like he cracked and said i have to tell you something honey and they were so disappointed that they ditched his ass because again i go why like all i guess just the harvey dent cover-up to me is a microcosm of some of the issues with this film that i go i don't really care like, I really don't. It's not that big of a deal. Let's focus on something else that really is anchoring and that is that is significant. And that I think, I think essentially, big picture, that's my problem with this film. Not as big of stakes from a storyline perspective. And I they they don't focus the camera time on things that develop the individual story. I think on a small level, there's just things when I turn my head, you know, every corner, there's new things that bother me. Just the concept of sending every single police officer into the sewer, like every single police officer, not even from an un, that's an unwise strategic thing to do. It's just not necessary. Like you do not need, it's, it's just unnecessary. Um, well, things and, like, and, and oh, good. pretty friggin' unlikely. Like if you think yes! about, you know, yes! I mean, you and I, you and I, uh, you and I, we would, we would both our hometown area. Yeah, we, we would. You know, it's a town of about seven to eight thousand people. Sure. Which means the fact that it even has a police station. Yeah. Um, is one thing, but it definitely, <laughs> it definitely only has one. There's only one precinct. Gotham, like New oh. York, like L.A., like yes. Chicago, yep. is going to have many. So it's many. not like everyone from the one, you know, like, I assume, like, the GCPD, it can't be one building. No. Right? Yeah. I Yes. Like, NYPD has several buildings, <laughs> multiple throughout the city. And so I don't know. It's just again. It's like no, yeah. It just nope. seems like it'd be like herding cats to try to get them all yes down into this. The you just wouldn't do it. You'd be like, oh, okay, we're you know, it's there's four hundred cops in the city. Yes, we're gonna take ten because we're not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hell, it's, we'll take half 
We still have 200 cops down there. Yeah, it's it's the thing that for this stupid storyline to make sense, and again, this is where it strays from realism and it bothers me, is you need, for the, Bane's plan to be executed and effective, you need every single cop to be down there. And just the reality from a human resources HR perspective, that's never going to happen. There's going to be people that called in sick that day. There's people that have to man the desk at the precincts. There's there's surveillance cars driving around. There's beat cops doing other stuff. Just the reality is that from a story plot perspective that Bane needed this to happen, that it just doesn't make sense. Absolutely. Little things like the when Bane robs the stock exchange and then they all just come prancing out on motorcycles. I'm like, where the hell did those come from? Where? So I will say the stock exchange scene, this is totally off the beaten path. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, or out of the blue, whatever. It's a tangent. The stock exchange scene has my favorite moment in the movie. Oh. Um, because I think it's such a politically charged, well-written, excellent line. Where? And again, it's a Bane line. When, when this guy's like, you know, we don't have any money. There's no money here, right? He says, mm. like, if you're trying to rob us, there's no money. There's no money here. Yeah. And Bane says, really? Then why are you people here? And mm-hmm. it's like, it's so, it's so good because, yeah, it's it's like, it's pointing out. The money obsession, the greed in mankind that yep. if there isn't money here, there wouldn't be people here. You hmm. you hmm. vultures, you bloodsuckers in your suits and your, your ties and your briefcases. Huh. You wouldn't congregate in these numbers if there wasn't financial gain. That's actually I interesting. A, I think it's a great line. I think it's an excellent line, and I think it's interesting how you brought it up, because that's not... Uh, just a different flavor. I thought you were maybe going to go somewhere else with that and more just like, um, is it white collar? Just kind of like upper class kind of um, stealing and, and preying upon uh, those of less uh, resources and kind of stealing in that regard. Um, I guess essentially just kind of like the quote unquote Wall Street people that, you know, uh, make money off the backs of others. I thought that's kind of where you're going, and that's how I've always read it. But I think yours is a little bit more meta, a little bit more big picture, and I think that's an interesting spin. A little bit. Well, that's Tran- me. Your, your interpretation. Your interpretation transcends a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. All right. Uh, do you have anything else? A couple more things. Okay. Um, the, the, I think the last thing I'll end. Two things. The opening sequence to me doesn't even cut it. It just it. It's such a contrast to realism that it's problematic to me. It's not enjoyable. Um, it feels like something out of a. Uh, it should be Mission. Imp- like you, you're like, am I watching <laughs> watching the new Mission Impossible yes. film? Like, what at what moment? Yes. Does Tom Cruise straddle down the <laughs> side of this plane? It's that level of realism. Like, if if that's the tone of the films, then it would have been consistent. And that's not being the tone of the films. And that's the problem with me. It's inconsistent. And what's inconsistent yeah, yeah. is the actual plane wreckage. Like, when the authorities are going to be examining it, it's literally going to be the hull of the plane. And the wings will be, like, 10 miles behind them. Like, yeah. nothing about that crash site, the authorities will be like, yeah, this is textbook. 
And just, it's lame. It's weak writing and it's laziness. The fact that they do like two minutes of a blood transfusion to make it look like a corpse is another human being. I was like, no, this movie shouldn't even happen. Like no one will be convinced of that. The science doesn't add up. I'm sorry. At best, they'll be confused. They'll be like, what friggin' idiot? Yeah. <laughs> like, come here, Johnson. You ever seen anything like this before? <laughs> Dang, Mitchell. I, I don't quite understand what we're looking at here. I mean, it's a good thing this guy's teeth are intact and we're actually able to identify him and... Or all ten and of his fingers, like for fingers fingerprints. And nothing, you know, a, a simple DNA analysis <laughs> pulling one of his hairs here tells us we just don't know why he's got so much of this other feller's blood in blood. him. Yeah, I think the opening sequence to me, I, I thought of an analogy. To me, it's like being a, at a party and there's a friend at the party and you like this friend. It's not someone you hate. But the friend is just trying too hard to impress for whatever reason. And you look at that friend and you say, dude, just take it easy. We're all trying to have fun here. It's the same with the intro of this film. It's like trying to capture the magnitude, the the insanity that was the excitement around the second film. And it's like, okay, just take it easy. Like maybe when it's over with well-written script and good dialogue and villains that we can understand instead of just blowing all your energy into the opening scene. Yeah. But yeah, 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 absolutely. Th- th- this is the last thing I'll end it on, and it, it ties to my point. Like, so many things on this film were, were things that were on screen that really didn't need to be, that if there were more time of Selena Kyle, more time with Selena Kyle, with Bruce, insert some important character and getting a little bit more character development, the fact that we see this coward police chief and spend time on him that he's hiding with his wife at home and he won't show up and then finally he has a change of heart and he's joined the boys and he's charging the front lines and eventually he's dead i don't care like it spend that time on significant characters because i had no care in the world when he died just the reality of the how much he was developed and again any time that you spent on him took away from Bruce, Selena, Robin, anyone of significance. So I will yeah. stop. Well, not even, yeah. And just I will l- stop, like, there's lots that, of things. Like the whole, me. yeah, there's lots of things. Like the whole storyline where Gordon's in the hospital. Okay. Yep. What uh, serves what purpose? I mean, it, not it, much. It, it evokes a bit of an emotional response because you'd hate to see Gordon that way. Well, but, okay. I will say. You know, I'm not defending it. I'm just saying I think their probably their idea was, well, Merv, when we read that every cop's in the sewer, if he's in the hospital, then he won't be there. And I think that's... Yeah, but I mean, Blake's not in the... Oh, like, I'm still, with you. But you I, have I, two cops. What I'm like, sa- I think what I'm saying is, in your and mine reality based that not every cop is going to be down there and the chances are that like the head honcho won't be down there because that's just how things work in 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 real life like someone's planning behind the scenes he's not going to be in the sewer he didn't no, need to be in the but, hospital so i don't know why he's in the hospital from a story no, yeah, perspective no he be traffic like he just he didn't he didn't make it I, I, he he had food poisoning for heaven's sakes just do something 
Yeah. He, his alarm broke. I don't care. Whatever it is. He he was, he, whatever. Yeah. It okay. doesn't matter. Zero to ten, sir. <sighs> it's funny that you mentioned zero. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's not that low. <laughs> there it is. I gave it a 3.8 out of 10. Holy shit. That's low. That is low. I gave it a 4 on Marshall's scale. So, which, yeah, which? I was pretty... You're not allowed to refer to it as that oh, anymore. I gave it a 4 out of 10 on the scale. On the scale. The scale. The the. So, a little bit of backstory here. Yes. I... <laughs> so... I don't know. I don't know where to begin. So, big friend of the show. He's done a bunch of stuff. He's created yeah. the movie Men Bingo down below. He's, oh yeah. He's been on a couple. He's been on one episode. Uh, he's probably going to be on another one in the next month or so. Oh yeah. Um. Anyways, his name's Marshall. He's like a, is it a childhood or like college friend of yours. Col- college, yeah. College. Uh. Well, we're all children in college. <laughs> uh, and so, he's uh, you've been using his scale. Which is stupid because his scale is basically my scale because it's just a normal human being scale. <laughs> like he's got some criteria that like, yeah. you know, some specific ways yeah. that he gets there rather than just sort of like a, a gut feeling. But like, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's basically the same thing. And then so I somewhat humorously somewhat maybe rooted in yeah i do okay your scale which is has been sort of historically when your scale is consistent mm. yep big asterisks there is <laughs> is based on uh like your the amount of effort you're going to put into yeah. to consume this film yep rainy vhs cottage rent it Buy a DVD, buy a Blu-ray, buy a Blu-ray player for the Blu-ray, uh, get a babysitter, go to the theater, and what, what buy thing, a theater. One one know. thing I think I've updated to maybe reflect the times. This I'll say, lowest is like cottage, wi- no Wi-Fi, it's raining. I would say the next step up, I think to update with the times, I'd say I'd watch it on a streaming site that I'm subscribed to. That you're already subscribed that to. That I'm already subscribed yeah, yeah, yeah. to. And then the next step up, I think I would say... I would pay $30 premium access to view this once on, you know, on some streaming site. And then the top is right. the same. Like, I would rent a theater or, you know, go to a theater, hire a rent babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> Buy a plot of land and give myself <laughs> a franchise. Uh, but uh, I was throwing you some shade. You were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was throwing your scale some shade. And then, uh, <laughs> and just kind of like joking. Mm, and mm. Um, and then Marshall, was it a public comment or did he message us? I don't, I don't know what it was, but he was like. I think it was public. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I'll pl-. he says, yes, it is time for, the, for Pete's bullshit scale to die. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. Like, I'm rallying troops that I didn't intend to rally. And uh and so yeah. So anyways, that's I think that's so funny that I do. I when your scale makes when your scale is consistent, right. It I find it intriguing and it it entertains me and I think it's fun because it's yeah. it's a perspective that I don't often For sure. You know, I'm I'll go see just about anything in the theater because I love the theater experience. Right. Yeah. Uh, but 
So I, it's it's an interesting perspective that you have and the way you you rank them on your scale. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, there is times like, uh, what was it? What, what film was it that Ooh. we did recently? And you're like... This doesn't make sense. Might have yeah. been Truman. And, I think it was Truman. Was it the Truman Show? Yeah, where you're like, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> I think it's a pretty good film. But Two. I wouldn't see it in theater. I think that's what it was. Well, but you ranked it like low. No, you ranked it like cottage low, and oh. it was. Hang on, because I no, I didn't write it down. I was going to. It's in the. It's in the. It's in the Google Doc. But huh. anyways, we must be talking about different films. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So three point eight. Three point eight or four. For context, the only ones that is Batman films that I like more than this, according to score, is the 1966 Batman was the lower. And Batman and Robin from '97 was lower. Then the next one up is Dark Knight Rises. So I I like all the other Batmans more. Wow, uh, that's that's I would say I would say the most um, controversial, the most the biggest statement there, mm-hmm. the the biggest sort of um, you know. Something that that says the most about who you are as a Batman fan, <laughs> sure, is that this film edges out Batman Forever. Yeah, I was wondering if that's what you're going to say. Right, definitely, obviously, yeah, absolutely. You'd be crazy to to think that this film was worse than Batman and Robin. You'd be mm. crazy, crazy to dislike it <laughs> compared to to Gee Willikers. Oh, Batman, we gotta come on. Uh, well, Robin, if there's one thing I know about criminals, it's that they always eat cheese sandwiches on a Wednesday. Like, he's, <laughs> it's just the most stupid asinine. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, but, but Batman Forever yeah. is, uh, that's a little more telling, I mm-hmm. think, of of you and just, like, your likes and dislikes. Mm. Yeah. What did you give this film out of 10? Well, it's funny that you mentioned 10. Uh, no. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I give it a I give it a 5.5 out of 10. It's still Batman. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's, it's still, you know, it's... I don't think it's a bad movie, but I don't think it's a good movie. Mm. You know... I'm not like, you know, I'd rather scratch my eyes out than <laughs> than watch the Adam West one again. Right. And I'm a big Batman fan. I don't have that I don't have that kind of visceral reaction to this film. Mhm. Um I'll gladly sit and watch it. Yeah. Um but it's it's definitely the weakest of the trilogy. Hmm. Yeah. I and agree. it's not good <laughs> like i would ra- i think i would rank it in the exact same spot as you yep. like i i think i think i would rather watch batman forever yeah and some of that's a nostalgic thing like a childhood sure. you know whatever yep. but yep. cool cool i got a question for you sir yes what did you watch this week so i watched a couple things um i've continued the journey on Lost with my wife, we're rewatching oh the, the the TV series. I've seen it before. How long she... you been at this? Like <sighs> over two months. 
Yeah, Over it's two consuming months. too much of your life. Ah. Well, I, so I think that's a differing of opinion. I'm enjoying the ride, so I would say no. You were less of a fan of the show, so you might say yes. Well, everyone on the Titanic enjoyed it at first, too. They were like, this is fine. This is a fine <laughs> ship. <laughs> I'm... I'm I'm in the uh, we're on the third season so we're still in the prime and I I enjoyed it from beginning to end. I will say I'm there are things that I'm just reminded of throughout. I'm I'm watching like different interviews throughout and the one tidbit before I move on that I'll say is just it is interesting from a TV series from the early 2000s to have there was quite a bit of diversity that I think viewing it nowadays you just kind of go, "Oh, yeah, like that's good." And just when you think of the context of the time, like there were entire episodes that were aired on network television that were in Korean that had English subtitles, which just is quite, quite dramatically polar opposite to the diversity of the time as far as network television or having someone portray uh, an Arab um, from Iraq being one of the main characters or kind of just different things that for nowadays that it's like, okay, yeah, this is great. This is normal. This is good. That at the time was actually pretty dynamic and pretty um, groundbreaking, I guess you'd call it. So just little things that I'm going, you know what? I like this TV series. There's some things that haven't aged well. There's some things that I don't like, but there's still some story narrative that I really enjoy, and there's some groundbreaking things that it did. So there, I, it's fun. It's a fun journey. I'm learning some things as I go along. Uh, the only the other two films that I watched, the one I watched mostly the musical numbers from, because I'm still going to count it. I watched The Wizard of Oz. Wow. And, yeah. It's been a while. Um, and I, I don't think it's in the category of my favorite nostalgic children musical children childhood musicals that I watched as a child, but it's still very solid. It's still very uh, sentimentally valuable to me, but it's also just kind of a cool historical um, a, a film in history as far as what it did at its time, as far as color and sound and light and everything like that. The last thing I watched is I've been getting into making lists. I like making lists. When we did our top episodes, like top films, top actors, top hot dog flavors, you know, everything about lists I enjoy and categorizing everything. I just randomly the other day decided to make a list and I went through Leonardo DiCaprio's IMDb and I listed all the movies that I've seen of his and kind of did a bit of an order of like, okay, this is, you know, my favorite, this is my least favorite and so on and so forth. But I'm trying to knock off a few of his more well-known films that I haven't seen yet, and I'm just making a point of it. So I watched the 2004 Scorsese, Scorsese film, The Aviator, and um, quite a cast, I have to say. I didn't realize just the volume, like Kate Blanchett, John C. Riley, Alec Baldwin, Alan Adda, obviously it's a score, Jude Law, even Gwen Stefani, which... That last one is more just like a noteworthy name. I'm not saying she's an excellent actor, but um, it's it makes sense that Scorsese film to have so many well-known actors. But um, interesting view. I give it around a six out of ten or so. If Leonardo DiCaprio hadn't been had been in it, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. But um, it was passable. Probably definitely not in the upper echelon of Leo films, but uh, worthy to just watch once at least. Cool. 
What did you watch? Not near as much as you did. Holy moly. (laughs) That is, uh, you've been busy. (laughs) You've been busy. Uh, I watched two things, three things, two, two, two and a half things. I watch, I'm still watching Friends. Oh, yeah. Uh, Which I've been doing longer than you've been watching Lost, but I think we can both agree is more fulfilling. I would say apples and oranges because I will not say that Friends is not fulfilling, but I won't. I won't incriminate myself and say one is more than the other. All right, fair. Um, Which I is watched... a side note? Can I just say I don't know about we live close-ish, like same province, same region. But for me personally, it's same been hemisphere. super. <laughs> it's been super rainy, kind of typical fall chilliness as far as weather. To me. That is like prime, get a nice warm drink, some tea, get a blanket on the couch, and watch some friends weather. But. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> uh, I watched round two. I went back to the theater and I watched Shang-Chi and the oh, Legend right. of the Ten Rings again. Yeah, you said that. Holy moly, man. Holy freaking moly. So still so good. good. Just as just as good as okay. as as the first one you gotta see it you gotta see oh it. yes i because because i don't know man i don't know like we're gonna do the eternals in like a month and a bit soon and yeah. uh and i don't know i don't know if there'll be stuff you need to see like there's it, this movie kind of sets some stuff up so you know you gotta get out there get on um what get on it get get just get 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 going, man. Uh, one of the evenings where you're like, ah, well, I could sit and watch Lost. Do something fun instead. <laughs> um, <laughs> I watched um, Small Soldiers because mm, yes. it didn't win. Yeah, our upcoming vote for the next episode. But mm-hmm. you know, I was like, I really friggin' wanted to watch Small Soldiers, <laughs> so I did. Cool. Uh, and you know. Uh, it held up to me, but again, I think maybe a lot of that is nostalgia. Because hmm. um, I showed it to someone our age who didn't grow up with it, and they were mm. like, I didn't really like it. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, you know, it's, yeah, it's probably a lot of it is nostalgia. Sure. Uh, the way I say it is, it, the way I describe the film is it's basically Toy Story meets Gremlins. Mm. Okay. You know, so Toy Story, what happens when toys come alive when you're not looking? Sure. But then what happens when they come alive when you are looking and try to kill you? <laughs> is is small soldiers. Dang. Um and then I watched listen, I'm going to recommend to you and to the listener and to everybody in the whole entire universe, it's on Disney Plus. Okay. It's a TV series. I watched Ooh. the first episode today. Can I guess who stars in it? Yeah. Uh, you can guess who stars in it, yeah. Tommy Wuzo. No. What? Okay. No. Is that a new... No, 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 no. Uh, is it with uh, Martin Short? Yep. Is it with Steve Martin? <laughs> is it with Selena Gomez? Yes. Oh, and? It's so good, man. I just so we Is just it? watched the first episode and it's really it's fun 
Uh, they do a lot of fun, cool, artistic stuff with okay. sort of the way the show works. But sure. basically, it's 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 a story about three people from very different walks of life. Sure. And they're all obsessed with the same true crimes podcast. <laughs> and then a murder happens in their apartment building. And because they're like great cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs about this true crimes <laughs> podcast, yeah. all of a sudden they think they have the detective skills necessary to take on solving this crime themselves. And they're like sneaking around in the building and like avoiding the police and stuff. But it's like with two comedy legends. Yes. And then also Selena Gomez is excellent in it. Uh, and it looks like there's going to be a lot of twists, a lot of like potentially the same, a more sophisticated, less teeny bopper version of the first season of Riverdale. Just in oh, that okay. there's that that mystery and that who done it, and everyone's got secrets. And it's a tagline that the show mentions. I think at the right at the end of the episode, they say, um, you know, sometimes it's easier to. Sometimes it's easier to investigate and search out other people's secrets than it is to deal with our own. Hmm. And it's and it's it's yeah. So I think the show is really good so far. It works on multiple levels, and I'm really excited about it. So check it, it out. It's been on 100%. my radar, and I was going to watch it anyway with my wife, but you've accelerated that timeline. I had a I I had a couple of laugh out loud moments. Hmm. Like, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Well, you're getting text messages, so we should wrap this up. <laughs> well, uh, if you haven't done so already, please like, follow, subscribe. Check, uh, like, obviously on our social media platforms: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Rate and view, review us positively if you haven't done so already. Uh, check out our Patreon page, our merchandise page. It's ways for you to help us uh, keep the lights on, keep the show growing, um, cover overhead costs. Uh, thank you to all our Patreon supporters. Uh, specifically, shout-outs to our uh, upper-tier Patreon supporters, so Daphne, uh, Brenna, uh, uh, Nathan, and Marshall. Thank you. And um, thank you just so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And until next time... Um, where's the trigger? Who did you give it to? <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>